0: Welcome to Shoot Like a Girl, a podcast featuring interviews with extraordinary military women from around the world who push their limits on and off duty. I'm your host, Kate Stewart, and this is episode number 33. Today's guest is Officer Cadet Janice O. Janice is just beginning her career, but she's already accomplished so much. She's a student at the Royal Military College of Canada, a member of their combat weapons team, and a SISM basketball player. She recently completed an exchange semester at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado, and during that time, she completed her free-fall jump course. After she graduates from RMC, Janice will serve full-time in the Royal Canadian Air Force as a logistics officer.
1: Steady, 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 steady. Light, heel, cover I'm a steamroller baby. I'm a steamroller, baby. Just a rollin' down the line. Just a rollin' down the line. I'm a steamroller, baby. I'm a steamroller, baby. Just a rollin' down the line. Just a rollin' down the line. So you better get out of my way now. So you better get out of my way now. Or I roll all over you. Before I roll
0: all over you Right, ready to get into it? Hell yeah. Janice, thank you so much for being here today. I am super excited because most of the people that I've interviewed before have had fairly long military careers so far, and you are just at the beginning of yours, but you are already crushing it, so I'm very excited for
1: this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me in the first place. So where did you grow up? So I was born in Korea, Sungnam, uh and then moved to Canada, Coquitlam, BC when I was a year old. So born born in Korea, but raised in Kuala, Canada.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what sort of activities were you involved in when you were growing up?
1: A lot of sports, really. I just remember growing up, well, my mom wanted me to have a pretty balanced life. So I was part of an orchestra, uh multiple different clubs in high school, mostly sports. I remember at one point I was part of like six different sports clubs that really got me. I was really exhausted, but so worth it.
0: What sports did you play?
1: I did swimming, basketball, tennis, track and field, um, volleyball, and taekwondo.
0: So I'd imagine then from a very early age, you probably had to learn a lot of time management.
1: Yes, for sure. And in high school, I was also part of the uh, international baccalaureate program. So school is pretty, pretty hard, too. There's a lot, um, a lot of subjects. And IB is it kind of there's a lot of work, I'd say, that's involved and a lot of time commitment. So the first thing when you're in that program, the first thing you learn is time management. So balancing not only the classes and courses that I'm taking with with the sports club, that was that was quite challenging.
0: Do you have brothers and sisters as well?
1: Yes, I have a brother. He also graduated from RMC as well.
0: Okay, and was he also involved in all sorts of sports and activities too?
1: Not as much as me. I, I want to say that growing up, I felt like since I was the second child, I was a little bit more competitive than my brother, so I always wanted to outdo my brother in some sort of way. He he did a lot of clubs as well, It's just mo- mainly sports. He was a big swimmer and a basketball player as well. He was also a part of band, school band. He played the saxophone.
0: Okay. And so when you're growing up and doing all of these activities, did you have something in mind that you, a career that you wanted to do when you grow up?
1: When I was little. So my mom, she's very much on the artsy side. She was an architect and interior designer. So growing up, I was really inspired with my mom's stories. Yeah. My mom had quite a bit of challenges growing up and There was a lot of pressure from her parents as well, but she was able to overcome those and follow a career path that she wanted, no matter what her parents told or any of her, if any of her her friends or family members had doubts in her. So she overcame those and became this phenomenal architect. And even like her museum, her designs are still up to this day. I still haven't visited them. I really wish I could have. But I was inspired by that. And so growing up, I. Wanted to become an interior designer as well, or somewhere in that kind of area. Definitely was not thinking of joining the military until my brother did, though. So, what inspired me to join the military was I came to my brother's FIO obstacle course, that is the first year orientation program, where the first years at RMC go through this grueling process. It's approximately four to five weeks where the seniors at the college introduce the first years to. RMC's lifestyle, college knowledge, all that sorts of stuff. It's quite challenging, but on the last day, there is an obstacle course. It's 13 courses, and you have to go through that to be admitted into the college essentially. And so I was <laughs> when my brother started running the course with his flight mates, I was running with them, encouraging and shouting, and then I was I really got inspired. And I just thought I really want this to be my life. I want to go to this college. I want to be challenged every day physically, uh, not only mentally. And so I thought it would be a super fun challenge, which is why I wanted to come to RMC. And so
0: what does your brother do in the military?
1: He is a logistics officer in the Navy.
0: Okay, awesome. And is he on the East or West Coast?
1: West Coast. He's working in Esquimalt right now.
0: So at that point, like what age were you when you saw that? So I was
1: 14. I was 14 when I saw him uh, go through his obstacle course, yeah.
0: And then as a, a teenager who is aspiring to go to RMC, what's the application process like or what do they look for in terms of applicants?
1: Well, there is a the typical Canadian Forces application process, but for ROTP, they looked more for, I'd say, leadership and commitment because if you're going to a military college where it is funded by the government, they really want to have people that are committed through the whole program, I'd say.
0: And then so when you arrive and you get there and you go through your first year orientation, what is that like now that you're the one that's running over the obstacles and doing the, this initiation to go to RMC?
1: Oh, man. So when I got in, it was a little bit different because it was COVID year. So they had to the college had to change and adapt a lot of their fire traditions. most of it I want to say was some similar, but the entire college wasn't here when we went through it. Usually everybody is here and first years we have to train from five in the morning to lightsight like is at twenty two hundred so throughout the day we kind of see a full college where it's It's essentially like the entire college is running with a school because this goes through this. Yeah, five goes through um, the start of school. So essentially it's three weeks, three or two weeks before school starts. And the last two weeks or uh, one week is when school is running. So you're doing school, you're starting school and essentially going through the orientation program as well. And so for sure, it is tough because everybody Is constantly watching you, making sure you don't screw up, even if it's not the FIOP staff specifically. The rest of the school is watching you working your butt off, essentially (laughs) trying to do what the FIOP staff tells you to do. And so it really is mentally and physically draining because, again, once school starts, you are having school, attending school from 8 to 4. And then after school finishes, then FIOP starts again and the staff will make you run to a specific point, do some workouts, uh, do some teamwork challenges. It could be really anything. It could also be getting ready for inspections for a room and whatnot.
0: Right. Yeah, I can imagine that there's a lot of pressure because you are under the microscope. You guys are the fresh new students coming in. So everyone's watching. And now you said it's, it goes from 500 until 2200. So one of the things that I think about when I hear that is that The lack of sleep must really get to you. How did you find that?
1: (laughs) I think for me, every single day, I just thought, you know what? It's going to be over someday. Eventually, five weeks is going to pass. We just got to look at the light at the end of the tunnel and think just one step at a time. It's always one step at a time with everything, even with school, life, any sort of challenges you face. Yeah, in your everyday or in your career, just got to take it one step at a time. So.
0: And now going through all that, were there any students that came and dropped
1: out during that time? For sure, yeah. There's all sorts of different reasons why. Some people might have personal reasons. Um, there was one member in my flight who dropped out who had to go home because there was some personal issues that he had to deal with. So he had to leave. There's others that physically could can't make it because they acquired an injury during flyout or there's people that just say, hey, this isn't for me. And so they tend to quit earlier in the process, which is better, I'd say. Is there a specific
0: fitness test just for RMC? Or is it the same force test that the rest of the CAF members do?
1: Yes, there is a different uh, physical fitness test. So every single year we do the forces test. And on top of that, there is RMC PPT, which consists of a deadlift, weighted ball toss, agility run, long jump, and a arm hang. Okay, yeah, I see, because I
0: go to Kingston sometimes for work, and in the gym, there's the big board up there that has all of those different activities, I guess, and then the names of the people who hold the record or did the best at each of those. Yeah,
1: yeah, unfortunately, they didn't update that. They switched the new board because our PPT changed, I want to say, a couple of years ago. The testing elements changed, and so they changed the entire board and they haven't updated the names yet, but I can't wait to see.
0: So, since you played sports and you were active growing up, did you have any problems with the physical aspect of RMC?
1: No, I want to say that I've always, it was really important for me to keep a physical standard, especially as an athlete and now going into the military. Uh, I also have this, I want to say I have this like athletic mindset where I always have to keep myself in check, like a physical fitness standard for myself and just make sure I'm at a, I'm at a standard and always challenge myself to be better, of course, as well.
0: For sure. And now that you're a student and that you're past that first year orientation program, how do you find time to work out? Or do you mainly work out with like sports teams or activities?
1: Oh, I always find a way somehow <laughs> I mean throughout the so throughout the academic year um, we have days where we work out uh, with the combat weapons team as well which is a part a club I'm part of and during the school hours when I don't have class I often hit the gym Have my, I have my own routine and workout plan and I'm also part of season basketball so there's training camps here and there where I would go and then that would be Almost a full week of just training, um, but that depends. Ci basketball also depends on um, availability and when they call me in.
0: yeah, it's the the gym in Kingston is so amazing. I love going there. like they just have such a nice setup and you know depending on your style of fitness that you want to do, there's something for everyone.
1: Yeah, it is really nice because there's like a field house portion where there's open air, there's tracks, basketball courts are really nice and then you have the weightlifting area which is completely separate. They have the mirrors in there. They pretty much have everything. It's really nice.
0: So one of the questions that I have that I think is so unique because in the U.S., it seems like they do their college and then once they finish, then they get branched to a certain occupation. But RMC is different because you have to choose before you go in and you might not really know anything about the trade or the occupation. So how did you choose what you wanted to do?
1: Going in for sure, I didn't have that much information. like I did my own research, but obviously, I didn't have the connections to actually interact with let's say logistics officers or nmos specifically. And so at most i, d- I did my own research, and my brother is also a naval log, and so I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, I also thought, hey, if the military lifestyle isn't for me, logistics would be able to um, this logistics training would be able to would be easily transferred over into the civilian jobs. And so that's why I chose logistics. But also keeping in mind that within your four years at RNC, you always have the option to VOT, which is transfer to a different job if you want to, or different branch as well. So you're not limited. Mm
0: -hmm. And during the summers, do you get some exposure to what the job is going to be like, such as like on the job training or something to that extent?
1: Yeah, for sure. So first thing the school wants you to have, though, is your French profile. So for those that don't have their French profile during the summer, they'll go through SLT, which is I want to say summer learning training. Not sure 100% what it stands for, but they go through uh, SLT training for the summer where they go through French courses just to get a little bit more exposure and training in order to accomplish their French profile before graduation, because you need to have your profile before you commission out of RMC. So for those people that have their French, then they'll go through their occupational training. So for the first years, they go through mod one of basic before they even come to RMC. And then once they finish their first year, their second summer, they'll go through a mod two training. So that's approximately six or seven weeks. And during the school year, they'll also do SLT training or French classes and hopefully if you get your French early in your first and second year then your summers are free in order to have those on-job trainings if you don't have your French profile then your summer is going to be booked with French so it really kind of comes down to an individual level for me once I finished my mod one and mod two of basic I've already re- got my French profile when I was in my first year so after that pretty much on-job training. And for this summer, I probably will get loaded onto my first phase of logistics because it was just open uh, and they had spots for me.
0: So you already spoke French going into RMC then?
1: Yes, I did. I learned, I took some French courses in high school and then in middle school, I went to a late French immersion.
0: Okay, awesome. And you speak Korean too, I'm assuming?
1: Yes, I do. So I'm trilingual. (laughs)
0: Okay, so yeah, so you already had your French, and then you do your your BMOQ, and th- how did you decide if you wanted to do Army, Navy, or Air Force?
1: Going in, I'd say my mom had the biggest influence on my decision, because, so my dad was in the Ar- Army, uh, the Korean Army, because uh, a prescription, and he was actually part of ROTC, yeah, he was part of ROTC, so my dad, well, my dad told my mom to tell me, Saying don't join the army no matter what, so he wanted me to have somewhat a of a more comfortable life, and so uh, my mom and my dad were both like, "Hey, Air Force is a great choice because typically people would say that Air Force lives a comfortable life," and so uh, that's what they said I should do, Air Force logistics. But frankly, after being almost three years in, I had a lot of I thought about it a lot and whether Air Force is really the tra- or the right branch for me. I kind of wanted to switch into Army, just because I just like that lifestyle more, and especially, again, being in the uh, combat weapons team, I'm surrounded by people in the combat arms trade, and so they have a lot of influence on me. I love the people. I love how hardworking and dedicated they are, and I love the adventure, I guess, that branch offers more, and so I was thinking about it, but... I think I am sticking with Air Force (laughs) Logistics.
0: Okay, so tell me about the combat weapons team. How did you get involved in that?
1: So it's quite interesting. I think before I even came into the college, my brother showed me videos of what the team does and it looked really cool. And I always love a challenge. And then going through basic, I realized I was a decent shooter. And so my first year after basic ended my first year at the college, I kind of forgot about shooting because after basic finishes, you kind of want to forget about the place and whatnot. And so I decided to join the varsity uh, Bar Rowing team. But that was getting quite exhausting just because after like school finish and I finished my homework, I would go to sleep at 12 and then wake up at like 445 for training because rowing starts pretty early and I was getting tired of that and suddenly an email comes in saying hey there's gonna be trials for the combat weapons team and so I had these two third year friends who wanted to join or try out for the combat weapons team as well and they just kept insisting they're like you should you should try out you should try it. you know rowing is getting kind of tough for you and so this would be a really good chance to join us and and you know, have a little challenge in your everyday life and just switch clubs, because it's also really good to try out, do a variety of stuff while you can here at the college, experience different clubs and whatnot. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to join, but I decided, hey, it's better to try out and not have any regrets in the future, because hey, at least I gave it a shot rather than not going to the selection process and later regretting not going. So Selection started at 3 a.m. on Saturday, and on the Friday night, my friends are still trying to persuade me at 9 9 p.m. And I was just like, "Hey, you know what? Yes, uh, I'm not a quitter. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna try out. And I got my rucksack, my kit all prepped at around 10, and then slept till 1:30 ish, and then woke up at two, got myself pumped up, and ready for selections at three. <laughs>
0: Okay, so it's more than just shooting then for the selection phase for the team?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's more than shooting. Um, The first portion for selections is physical fitness. Then later on, there's a couple of teamwork challenges, LRCs. So the team can look at how you work with others. If you do have some kind of leadership component, what you can bring to, to the team, how well you communicate, and also how well you can adapt to different situations.
0: And what weapons do you shoot as part of that team?
1: So we are a three-gun team. We shoot Remington, Remington shotguns, C8s, as well as the P2266.
0: Nice. And what's your favorite one?
1: Oh, I'm a big carbine girl. So C8s. Off the bat, I love shooting rifles.
0: <laughs> I have a question about the pistol because I shoot the 226 as well. And it took me a long time to figure out the right grip because it's a little bit of a thicker pistol grip and you can't traditionally hold it maybe the same way that the guys would hold it. So how did you find that?
1: Oh, it's still such a challenge for me every single day, every every single practice. It's just because every time I shoot in this recoil, there's this feeling that my grip flips constantly, especially if I'm shooting triples. And so I just learned to keep adapting and switching my grip constantly. And I got to really know my gun to do that. So obviously it just comes with constant practice and knowing your gun and knowing how with each recoil how to adjust back into it.
0: And how often do you shoot or practice as part of this team?
1: Two or three times a week. Typically our range days would be Tuesday and Thursday nights and occasionally if we can book in a range for the weekend, Saturdays.
0: And you also travel quite a bit. I did, I
1: was super fortunate.
0: Yeah, so tell me about all of your travels, because I think one of the times that I was corresponding with you, you're on your way to the UK?
1: Yes, so with the RMC Combat Weapons Team, recently we did two major trips. One was to the UK. We went to the United Kingdom, and we had this competition with the Eight Rifles Regiment. It was a reservist group, and we went through five different stages. A lot of them like a PWD qualification, Uh, in the Canadian Armed Forces. So similar to that, um, and it was super fun. We were able to win a couple of stages, so that's pretty cool.
0: Awesome, and what's that like being in an international competition working with, or against, I guess, other countries?
1: Oh, I absolutely love it. I think working with foreign military, my favorite part is just interacting with different people, meeting new people, getting to know what their culture is like. Um, And the thing that shocked me the most was the fact that they weren't really I want to say they weren't really comfortable and they're quite surprised with how many females were on the team on the combo weapons team. In our team, there are 21 people and there's only 3 girls. So it's not it's not even a lot, but with their entire regiment, there's only one one maybe two girls out of I want to say 45 50 people. And so They were quite shocked about that, which I found was kind of funny. Yeah, this is different. It's just different.
0: Do you ever feel like there's almost extra pressure to perform as being one of the only females?
1: Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Because I always have this mentality where I wanna, I wanna prove them wrong, right? It's we can do stuff. We can. I know, especially the shooting environment. There's not a lot of females, and so I always feel like. Because I am representing, I always got to do better, make sure that no matter what, I'm giving it 110%. Because not only is this for me, but it's for any other future girls I want to be part of this environment, right? So I always want to challenge myself and look good and prove them wrong.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you represented Canada very well over there. And what was the other trip that you went on?
1: So the most recent one, this was... Three weeks ago, we went to the Six-Hour Relentless Warrior competition in New Hampshire. And how was that? That was amazing. Just amazing. This was a competition with the other military academies in the States. So there was Texas A&M, U.S. Air Force Academy, U.S. Military Academy, so West Point, U.S. Naval Academy, Coast Guard, Virginia Tech. I think there's one more, but I can't think of it, uh, think of the school on top of my head. But essentially, yes, all the military academies came all together to compete for the six championships.
0: When you're doing this, are you judged on accuracy or speed or a bit of both?
1: So it depends on which stage. There are six different bays with six different stages, and there's one that is completely on accuracy. There's others that focus more on physical fitness and speed. Others, again, some are speed, some are accuracy. It really depends on which stage you're at. So all, all a mix.
0: What's your favorite? Do you prefer the more precision or the more sort of tactical fast shooting?
1: Tactical fast shooting for sure. It just gets your blood pumping and it's just, it's so fun. It's so fun.
0: And so I saw a picture of you on your Instagram that was where you did, you did a jump course.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So explain that. Okay. So I was very fortunate to have been selected for an exchange program last semester. So I was at the U.S. Air Force Academy studying and just attending the, the academy over there. And they loaded me on to a freefall para course. And so that's where I got my U.S. jump wings.
0: <laughs> that is very, extremely cool. Were you nervous at all about doing it? Or did you just jump right in? I, I guess, literally.
1: Honestly, up until the course started, I was like a week before, definitely nervous. But honestly, looking at videos and hyping myself up, I was, I was so excited. I was so ready. And then the two weeks of training, it's pretty exhausting. There's a lot to learn and you go at a pretty fast tempo as well because, again, you are jumping out of a plane alone. So they want to make sure that you're on top of your game. You know all the sequences. You know if there's going to be an emergency, you yourself, you're your own canopy commander. So you need to know what to do. And so I was nervous, but the moment I got in the plane and we got up to 4,500 feet, I just shut my brain off and told myself, you know what? You know the sequence. You know the process. You've been training for it. So, right when i got I was the first jumper too, right when I got myself positioned outside the plane and they gave me the green light, I was like, "Okay, turning my brain off, and I just let go, and once you let go, you can't do anything. you can't fly back into the plane, you're gonna drop, so it's just all about letting go at that point.
0: Had you done a tandem before that or anything, or that was your absolute first time? No, you
1: don't even do tandem. That was my first time, so they train us, and they say. Hey, you're ready? Well, obviously, we go through a, uh, go through multiple tests. There's three phases for the test. And once they say they give us a green flag and we're good to go, they take us up there. And while you rig yourself up, take us up to 4,500, and we just jump out on our own.
0: And what's the highest that you jump from on that course?
1: So on that course, we are set to jump at 4,500 feet. Yeah, 4,500.
0: Awesome. And what's your favorite part about, Skydiving.
1: My favorite part is, I gotta say, when, when you're dropping, yeah, when you're dropping, cause our this course you had to do ten seconds of freefall, and so during that ten seconds, frankly, you're just dropping so fast that you don't really think you're just in that position, arching your back, and ten seconds goes by pretty quick. Once you release the line, then canopy shoots out. That's my favorite part, I'd say canopy pops out and fingers crossed everything goes well you don't have any emergency procedures that you have to handle so yeah when that canopy goes off you know you're safe now you're just gently falling and then now you just need to do your little course and then land safely so that is my favorite part because once you're going down as well you just get to enjoy the view of the mountains it is just absolutely gorgeous when you go down
0: so do you think that you'll kind of continue with skydiving now that you're back in
1: Canada For sure. I'm gonna try to as much as possible. I know RNC has a skydiving club. So for next semester, I'm gonna try to be I'm gonna apply for that as well as continue being in the combat weapons team. And hopefully even after RNC, I could still keep it up. I know it's a little challenging on the career side if I wanted to pursue it, just because as a Air Force logistics officer, I don't think they'll give me much opportunity within the military side, but for sure in the city side. I'm going to try to jump as much as possible.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And you have Skydive GAN sort of just down the road from you there as well. So what was it like doing an exchange with the U.S. Air Force Academy?
1: Oh, it was phenomenal. I think every part about it. So even the academic wing, the academic faculty, absolutely amazing. The professors know what they're doing. They're so experienced and they genuinely want what's best for the students. They understand that Your daily schedule is extremely busy. So they try to accommodate as much as possible. So a lot of the courses that I took, there were just business courses down there. Most of the professors also got their MBA from Harvard. (laughs) So it was quite phenomenal. They just know what they're doing. They know the subject and they're really great at teaching. And then from on more of the athletic side and the athletic facility, again, incredible (laughs) because they get so much funding. So while I was down there, my gym class I selected golf and they have an entire fairway over there as well on base so in the morning my gym class started at seven thirty and so I woke up and went to the field house and then that's where there would be a van or some students have their own car so we would drive to the fairway each morning every two days because it's a day one day two schedule so every two days we would drive to the fairway and just get some golf balls and start hitting rounds putt whatever it is uh whatever the lesson was for that day the coaches are also phenomenal as well
0: yeah it would be so it's so cool like I mean the amount of money that they have to put into their military there I can imagine that would have been really awesome how did you find the atmosphere or the culture different
1: from RMC I would say it's a little bit more strict in some ways, only in some ways. So for lunch, they have noon formation on Monday, Wednesdays and Friday. And that's when everybody before lunch going to Mitch Hall, which is their dining hall, before going to Mitch's, they would line up in squads and everybody would form up. We would sing the Air Force song and then any announcements would kind of come then report and then we would march in together as a squadron into the dining hall stuff like that i'd say it's a little bit more i guess more military in some ways and for the first years their i would say their lives are a little bit more challenging because for us FIOP runs only four or five weeks where the first years are quote-unquote treated as first years, so a little bit more challenging we're gonna train them during those five weeks but at usafa that runs the entire year And so even at the dining table, when we're sitting eating lunch, they get asked for daily news. They always need to have a daily news topic. And when they report, they have to report a specific way. Sometimes they can't even eat until they report. So stuff like that. It's a little bit more intense in some ways. But I loved it just because it's for sure just a busy lifestyle. But it's just it's fun. It's fun. And so for me, even though it's more militaristic, and a little bit more challenging there's your schedule every day is packed but it's with fun stuff it's not just you're going to be doing inspections 24/7 you're going to be marching 24 it's nothing like that it's it's fun challenges it's fun stuff scheduled into your day
0: and did you get any time to explore the area sort of outside of the military academy
1: i did yeah i was super fortunate during my time at uh, the US Air Force Academy, I got to visit five different states, which is nuts. I, for well, the US Air Force Academy is located in Colorado, Colorado Springs. So that was my first time ever visiting that state. That was quite, um, it's just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful there. If you love to hike, Colorado is the place. If you love to ski and snowboard, there's three big mountains Keystone, Breck. Vail, uh, which are very popular mountains of snowboard just known across the world as well so I got to go to colorado i also got to go to texas because that's where they had their air force army football game that was incredible i also got to visit new mexico with my friends because one of the coast guard exchangers so they do exchanges with the sister academies as well so one of my close friends she was from the coast guard and she lives in New Mexico. So she invited us down during Canadian Thanksgiving weekends because I couldn't go home. So we went down to their place, got to explore New Mexico. My friend also took me to this hot springs where only locals knew. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and then I also got to go to D.C. Washington because for the international students, the school funded uh, a trip for us to explore, get to know the states more. So we went to D.C. Washington for approximately a week, got to visit um, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Memorial, White House, Arlington National Cemetery, and all the Smithsonian museums. And then I did a personal trip with the German exchange officers and went to California. So we did a little road trip from San Diego all the way up to San Francisco, which is, again, phenomenal.
0: Nice. What was your favorite area to visit?
1: I would say Malibu in California, just because I like to surf and I love the ocean. I love the water. So that was my favorite location. However, it's always about the people. And so, I don't know, Honestly, all those, all those places were just amazing. And more so the people that I went with, they just made it an absolute phenomenal time for me.
0: And when you were in Virginia, did you get to see the the tomb guards, like the changing of the guard there?
1: Yes, it was. It was pouring that day. So I did not wear the right uh, pants for it. So I just soaked. Um, But just watching those guards just stand there, even with all the rain, it really it does have a impact on you as well.
0: It's so neat to talk to you because I feel like you've done so much in your short career, like more than a lot of people have during, say, a 20-year career.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I was just super fortunate with all the opportunities that was handed to me. And when that comes, I can never say no to any single opportunity that I get. And yeah, when I'm young, I've always wanted to travel as much as possible. And if the military is going to be able to support that, I'd love to go wherever it is.
0: And so, what are some of your future
1: goals for your career? My future goals for my career, I want to. I was thinking of joining CanSoft, CanSoftCom as a logistics support personnel. So that is way later down on the road, though. Once I've gained the experience after I commission out, so hopefully when I'm in my late twenties, like twenty nine, twenty eight, I could join, apply, hopefully get in. But until then, just get as many outcan postings as possible right after commissioning. I know it's not going to be a possibility until captain, but if that opportunity comes, like I said, obviously we'll say yes to it.
0: Would you ever think of doing any of the seesaw or seegyru, becoming an officer in that sense?
1: Yes, that as well. I was considering that as well. I want to say, hopefully later down the road, I'll see what kind of opportunities pop up, but I know right when I get out of RMC, it's it's real about making a strong base for my career, gathering all the opportunities, making sure my profile looks good uh, before even applying, because I know it's probably going to be really competitive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like you're going to have a pretty strong resume and file no matter what you do in your career.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> it's interesting because Sometimes when I think about the military I joined when I was, you know, 23, and I always say, "Oh, if I could go back, I would have joined earlier and gone to RMC." But to be honest, like I don't think at that time I don't think I had the right, the resilience, or you know, the capacity to handle it. Like I, I feel like it probably would have been too much for me had I tried to join at that age.
1: No, there's definitely a days while I'm at the college, especially well, when final season starts or just, frankly, the start of the winter semester when I actually just got back from exchange. So in January and February was when I had my toughest time at the college because there's just a lot on your plate. With So a combat weapons team ramped up their practices as well because we were training up for the UK. So a couple of months before we left, we were training five times a week five times, maybe six times sometimes, some days. And so that was quite draining. And on top of that, currently, I'm the cadet squadron administration officer. So I'm dealing with the entire squadron's memos leave. So that also put puts more on my plate. And on top of that, there's academics. So especially here at RMC or any, any military college, there's a lot that's going to be on your plate. And Again, time management is so important.
0: So with all of that going on, if you ever start to feel sort of overwhelmed or stressed, like there's so much going on, what do you do to relax or sort of cope with everything that's happening?
1: First thing I do, I call my brother. Honestly, <laughs> I call my brother. He's kind of the, my go-to person. He, he understands what the college is like, and it's, it's just a family member. So I can kind of tell him, frankly, anything. And he'll be there for me. My brother and I are pretty close. Um, even though we'll have our you know, brother-sisterly fights here and there. Yeah, I know he has my back. I have, I have his. And so I would call him and just tell him what's wrong, if there's too much things going on on my plate. And he would always just be super supportive. And sometimes he would just order me food too, just as a little stressful reliever. So awesome brother. And if he's not available or if he's too busy, um, I have my friends here at the college who I love to talk to because they're again so supportive. Like my roommate, amazing. She just she knows when I'm stressed, so immediately she's she gets my attention. She's like Janice, you okay? And she just checks up up on me. And I think one thing, one important thing that I learned at the college is that it's really important to check up on your people, even if they're not your close friends. No matter what, just check in, see how they're doing. Awesome. If they're doing okay, especially when you know final season comes up it's really important to uh, know how everyone is doing
0: well yeah you're definitely a very impressive well-rounded young woman so what advice would you give to young women who are thinking about attending RMC
1: I would say never be scared I know joining a military college is not a typical route for anyone but if you have any hesitations or if you're, if you're scared because, you know, you, you feel like you can't do it, always go for it. Like, I have this mentality, especially with free fall. What I learned is that when you're scared, that's exactly when you jump, right? And so turn it off. Well, you can't turn it off because it's kind of like a big decision you're making in your life. But I, I want to say, go for the challenge. And I know no matter what, if anybody's willing to commit, they're going to be successful, especially here at the college. And are there any,
0: I guess, topics or things that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about today?
1: Oh, there was this uh, cool experience I had. I got to associate with the Marine Recon down in the States.
0: Okay, nice. So tell me about that.
1: Okay, so essentially, um, when I was down at the U.S. Air Force Academy, I was part of two clubs, uh, basketball and the combat shooting team. So before I even went down... At my first six hour relentless war competition, which was two years ago, I got to talk to the US Air Force Academy's uh, combat shooting team captain because I applied for the exchange program. I told him, hey, I don't know if I got selected yet, but I would love to have your contacts. And if I have the opportunity to shoot with you guys, cause I'm on the combat weapons team here at RMC, I would love to, it'd be awesome. And so for sure, he was like, yes, of course, we'd love to have you, they're super sweet about it. And so he gave me his contacts. And the moment I heard that I got the exchange program, I immediately contacted him, hey, I got it. I was wondering when I'll be able to meet up and sort all of that the information out. And he said, like, once you get down here, we'll sort things out and you could meet the team and whatnot. And so once I got down, uh, I joined the combat shooting team down there. Phenomenal team, they were the nicest people ever, just accepted me immediately. And we just had a blast, every single practice, Uh, every single uh, workout. It was, it was just awesome. We had this one 2am workout too. It was just, oh, it just, it was awesome. And so the last kind of big event with the team was that right after finals ended, the team had contact with a contractor in Marine Recon in Camp Pendleton in San Diego. They were able to organize a shooting package for us. It was five days. We started from the basics of shooting and then work that way up there. And it was just a phenomenal time. Like that's where I got extremely comfortable with working and handling with weapons, carbine pistols. That's where a lot of my confidence grew, I think.
0: I mean, that sounds like an amazing opportunity, something that a lot of people definitely don't get to do.
1: Yeah, super, super lucky.
0: Yeah. And then you also mentioned the basketball. So tell me about being a part of the Sism basketball team.
1: I absolutely love it. It's really inspiring too, especially working and training with and just being surrounded by really motivated women in the military. And quite frankly, it genuinely inspires me so much because some of the females on the team, they're already moms and they are just busting their butt down on the court and just giving a 110% every single day. And they have this amazing sportsmanship like attitude every time they step on the court, super motivating. And... I think it was the best team I've ever trained with, frankly. They're just really inspirational. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Janice, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, studying for your finals. And it was so great to talk to you.
1: Again, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. The biggest way to help support this podcast is to leave a rating and review on your Apple Podcasts and Spotify apps. You can also visit my Instagram page at Podcast to see photos from the guests, keep up to date with the podcast and find out about any merchandise releases.